This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. Welcome back to another episode of the Blue Collar Culture Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan England, and I am here today with Jeremy McLiver. Welcome back, everyone. So if you haven't tuned in to the last time that Jeremy and I talked about the hiring struggles that so many businesses are having, make sure to check out that episode. Today, we're actually going to continue that process. We want to talk about the next step. So in the last episode, we talked about getting a good job description out there, defining what a good person looks like, how to make sure that you're really driving for results when it comes to increasing the number of applicants that are applying for your jobs. Today, what we'd like to do is we're going to talk a little bit more about the interviewing process. So you've got some people that have showed up. What are a couple of things that you can do to make sure that you are actually hiring the right people? So we're going to talk about objective interview questions and really focusing on the things that you cannot teach. And then at the end, we're going to give you a couple of example questions, and we're actually going to give you a resource where you can get some more information. So Jeremy, as you know, I geek out a ton on the interview process. Like I'm a super geek when it comes to interviewing. It's actually one of my favorite parts of the recruiting process. So I could talk forever on this, but what I want to do is I just want to know what are some of the things that you see when you're talking to clients and you hear that they're really struggling to find good people when the interview process comes up, what are some things that you've seen most likely not working for them? Yeah. So you say you geek out on it. I don't know that I geek out on it, but I've had to do so much of it in some fast-paced growing companies. We're constantly working on how to streamline it, make it faster, simpler, because you know, you're trying to hire so many people. And quite honestly, you know that a lot of those interviews are not going to work out. Mm. So I've done that. And then I've actually went and sat in other people's interviews just to watch and observe. And then I hear it from my clients. And the single biggest thing that I see right out the gate that I know this interview is not going to work out in the end is the interviewee walks in, they sit down, and the interviewer begins talking. (laughs) And they talk. (laughs) And they talk. (laughs) And they don't stop. And they tell all about where the company's going and the dreams and the vision and all this stuff. And the person just sits there and listens. And then they ask them some questions after they're already feeling this euphoria about all this exciting stuff that he's going. And that person just regurgitates it back to them. And I think that person's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, they're not. They just did a pop quiz that you gave them all the answers right before it. <laughs> yep. Oh, we had a new client start with us a few weeks ago and he goes, here's what I used for my interview process. And it was something he got from a, like a mastermind group he's a part of. And I remember that the first step was spend 20 to 30 minutes in the interview talking about how awesome your company is. Please. No. Uh, <laughs> And it's funny because I said something when we're starting this thing that we know that most of them are not going to work out, but that wasn't always my mindset. And I see that's not the mindset that everybody's always approaching these on. They're like, I need people. I hope this works out Mm -hmm. versus, you know, that a lot of them are not going to work out deep down, but you're not really approaching it that way. And so, you know, I'm always coaching, Hey, why don't we look at this from a little bit of distance here as we're interviewing this person? Is this really who we want on our team? Because if not, let's go find that person and let's figure out why we're not getting in front of the right people. Because we don't just need another body. We talked in the last episode about eight players. Mm -hmm. You're only going to get 
a team of A players if you only let in A players, or at least B, don't take the C, right? And so that's what we're talking about there is really actually taking even your mindset of, do I want this person to work for me in the interview? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that we're seeing a lot of people struggle with right now is just getting enough people to even talk to. And so I think one of the things that drives this behavior is the fear that if I let them out of the office, another one gets away, right? If I let them off the job site, I may never see them again. And for most of the people that they're interviewing, that's a good thing. But I think that there's this fear of, well, if they get away, then I'm stuck, then what? And I think it perpetuates these behaviors of, well, let me just keep selling the company. Let me sell the company. Let me sell why we're so awesome. And there's really no one sitting here saying, okay, is this the good person I'm looking for? Like we talked about in last episode, you know what good looks like, or at least you know what bad looks like. And so it's just the inverse of that. But if you know what good looks like, that's what should be happening in the interview process. It shouldn't be a do they want to work here because we're awesome? It should be, do I want them on my team because they're awesome? Absolutely. You know, and you said something there that a fear that a lot of people have, I have that same one. And it's really, we have to have that. And it's that if I let them out of this interview, they're going somewhere else and I'm going to lose them. That is exactly right. It's just, we need to figure out in this interview, is this one I want to let go out and lose? Or is it one that I need to move fast on? Because we're in a competitive marketplace and we do need to move fast, but we just need to move fast on only the right ones. And so that's where I think that that fear begins to cloud the entire decision versus if we ask some really good questions and they keep leading us into it, we're like, this is the right one. Yes, we don't want this one to go out and, yeah. and lose it to the rest of the marketplace. But if we go down it and you know, I was with a client the other day and and they said, well, we have three candidates that they hadn't interviewed yet. They just got three uh, applicants. They hadn't interviewed yet, but they were certain this was going to be the best one of them. And I said, wait a minute, we're not even to the interview. Go in open-minded, really asking them these same tough questions that we're going to highlight here and then find out which one it is. One of them is going to shine. It may not be the one that you're thinking. And so, yes, you have that point there that we want to move fast, but we only want to move fast on the right ones. Yeah. You know, those A players that we talk about, see, if you're a good employee, odds are, you know, you're a good employee. Like, you know, you're going to perform well, you know, you're going to be a good team player. You know, you're going to hit your metrics. Like there's a level of confidence that goes with being a top performer. Those top performers, they're writing their own check right now. They know they're going to get a job and they know they're going to do it quickly. So if we're dragging our feet, if we're taking our time, if we're not asking the tough questions, you just might let the good ones go away and not even know it. And that's something that I see happen a lot is, hey, we got these applicants in. I'm busy. I'll call them next week. Well, by the time next week rolls around, the only ones that are still looking for work are the ones you aren't going to want to hire. Absolutely. And those tough questions, when you ask the top performers really tough questions, they actually gain a respect for you and they'll stand out. You know, we've seen them where they've taken jobs that weren't the highest paid offer because they're like, man... (laughs) This company here's really got something going on. And a lot of that came from the fact that the person sitting across from them was bold enough to ask them very tough, very challenging questions and showed that they were confident enough to have what it was going to take to create an A-team versus all the other interviews that this A-player went to were just kind of going through the motions and asking the questions that it looks like you Googled them because we all did that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. 
Another thing too about this interview process, you know, we don't see this as much in the trades, but it's still out there because a lot of the job seekers just feel it's a requirement is to have a resume. And I just want to throw this out here. I don't want to digress into resumes, but I just want to put it out there. If you're putting a lot of weight into the resume or into the application that someone filled out, and that's leading you to go into the interview process with bias, like, oh, this is the right person or this isn't, just keep in mind that there are two types of resumes out there. Those written by professional resume writers, right? the, the marketing experts of the job seeker world, and then those written by people that have never been taught how to write a resume. So when you made that comment about the couple of people that they like, and they're like, oh, this is the one, hold your biases aside, like make sure you're really interviewing that person well. Don't put a lot of weight into the resume because, I mean, in the trades, it's not as big of an issue, but they still show up. Those resumes are pretty worthless when it comes to figuring out who's going to be the right person for you. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not looking for a professional interviewee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look for a professional employee. Yeah. And so highly successful, I haven't done a lot of interviews yep. because they haven't needed to. Yeah, they don't have as good of resumes and stuff. So yeah, good call out there. And that's something to keep in mind too. I can't tell you how many times someone let a good one get away because oh, they just didn't interview as well as I needed them to. We've got a client that we've worked with for a while. They're constantly looking for good customer service reps. You know, customer service reps on the phone, they got to sound good on the phone. And they take them in for the initial phone screen and they do a phone screen and in five minutes, they're like, oh, they don't sound good on the phone. They sounded too nervous. They were too sketchy. They used too many ums. They didn't come across professional. And my response is always the same. Interviewing is stressful. Like if you're not making them feel comfortable in the first five minutes, if you're not letting them warm up and be their natural self in the interview, you're going to be extremely disappointed on both sides because the only people that are going to ace an interview like that are the ones that have 15 jobs in the last three years. So they're used to it. Absolutely. Yep. So let's jump into some of those questions that we should be asking when we're there and maybe just tee it up a little bit with the warm up. Talk to us a little bit. How do we get to where we get that person raring and ready to give us their real who they are? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I like to do as part of the interview process to let people be themselves is to remove the way we make decisions as employers out of the job seeker's head and just into more of their heart, just more natural for them. So I like to do a lot of processes. See, it's funny because I run into a lot of people who are like, of all the interview questions, this one's the doozy. It trips up everybody. I'm like, why would you do that to a job seeker? Why would you hit them with something that's not a requirement for their job? You know, if someone's working out in the field, you need to know that they're self-aware, that they've got some confidence in their skills and abilities. They take safety. You know, safety is important to them because they want to go back home to their family. Why would we ask them like why manhole covers are round or this weird, crazy stuff that has nothing to do with the job? And I always see people come right out the gate with this really heavy, like you need to spend half an hour just thinking about it question and, and you're just setting them up for failure. So what we like to do to get people warmed up is we actually have some processes we set up. One of the things I like to see when I'm interviewing somebody is someone that's engaged right off the bat. And it doesn't mean that they're always making eye contact. I mean, I'm an authority figure, but it does mean that they're there, they're present, their cell phones put away, they show up on time. And so a lot of times what we'll do is in just in the job description, we'll put, hey, just so you know, for us, early is on time and on time is late. That might be important when you come to the interview. And then 
their first checkbox that they get is, did they show up early? Because if they showed up five minutes early, that means they're listening. That means their behavior is in alignment with what we want. We might also ask them, hey, when you come to the interview, make sure you sit in the second seat from the end in the lobby, because we want to make sure they can follow instructions. So we're not looking for them to have an intellectual conversation with them, because unless this person's a doctor or a scientist, the intellectual part of their job should be more in muscle memory. It should be more in, yeah, I can just do this. I'm confident in my skills and abilities. So we're looking for those things. Like if you ask somebody, hey, how do you feel about being on time? They're always going to tell you, oh yeah, I'm always on time. Why don't we just test and see if they'll be on time? So I find that when you give some of those processes and you give them the answers to the initial part of the test or the interview, it can really soften the mood. It can really lighten things up. And as the employer, it can make it so that you're less in your head and being more natural yourself. That's excellent. So once we were there, they showed up there five minutes early. They've sat in the chair, if that's kind of how we've worded it. They've done whatever. They're there and prepped and ready to go. Help us jump into the interview in the most natural way. What's some of the recommendations? What's some questions? Yeah. So the first thing I'm going to say as the interviewer, the employer, remember that if you want an applicant or the person you're interviewing to show up and be open and honest, it's a good idea to do the same yourself. If you want someone to be natural and comfortable, it's important to make sure that the interview is natural and comfortable for you as well. People have a tendency when they get into rapport with other people is to mirror what's happening. So if you walk in and you're nervous and you're anxious and you're just like, oh my gosh, I just got to get this person. I got to get back to my desk. They're going to very often mimic that, give you really short responses. They're going to be straight with you, but they're going to want to get the interview done as quickly as you are because there's just this tension in the room. So I would say the first thing you got to do is you need to act in a way that's consistent with how you want the job seeker to act. So when we jump into some of those questions, just make sure that maybe you are explaining why you're asking these questions, or you're just providing some context. You're being open and honest. When we're interviewing, the first thing we should be doing in an interview process is interviewing for culture fit first. Whether or not this person can swing a hammer efficiently, we can worry about later because we can teach them to swing a hammer. We can't teach them to show up on time. We can't teach them to respect our customers, to respect the job site, to follow safety rules. We can't teach those things as well. So let's really focus on the things that we can't teach in the first part of the interview. So back to when we talked about defining good, ask questions or put them in a situation where you get to see if that person is the good person you're looking for. So one of my favorite questions I like to ask really first off in the interview is why do you want to join our team? And the wrong answer is because my car payments do, which by the way, people think that they're being truthful. We have gotten that before. (laughs) Why do you want to join the team? Look for them having done a little bit of research about you. Make sure that they understand what you actually do. You would be surprised how many people apply for jobs. They have no idea what you actually do. So that's one of my favorite questions to get started. And it really allows there to be a little bit of a dialogue because to your point where employers like to vomit a lot of listen all about us. There is a little bit of opportunity to share with them what it is that you do and why it's so important to you. So the interview should definitely be a dialogue, but make sure that you show up in a way you want them to show up and make sure that you both really want to be there. You know, and as you're talking about the why and that 
question. It makes me think when we have a website out there in the marketplace, I've always relied on that for the interview because you know, everybody writes the website for the customer, not really thinking about the fact that probably about half the time that website is viewed, it's for employment. So people are like, oh, where, I'm getting ready to go to interview there. They're going to scope it out. They're going to look at it. And so when you're asking some of those why questions, rely on the fact that there is an online presence that you've put out there, that if they are really interested, they're going to be able to constructively bring something from anything that they looked up in the past. If they're in a spot where that you feel like they would have those kind of technical skills, because I do see in the, some of the trades that guys are just not as, they'll go online as much or whatever that may be. And so they're, they're a little bit more doers and hands-on. And so sometimes in those, just recognize that. Oh yeah. You definitely have to be, you have to know your audience for sure. Definitely. You know, another couple other things that I like to ask in questions is to really get to understand the person. We do this process when we're doing pre-hire assessments called an integrity test or an integrity assessment. Because there are a lot of people out there that think it's okay to lie, okay to steal, those kinds of things. And I don't want to get into pre-hire assessments right now, but one of the things that you can borrow from those things is the fact that nobody's perfect. So one of the questions I like to ask is, tell me about a time you lied to your boss. Why'd you do it? And what was the outcome? And the wrong answer is, I've never lied to my boss. I've had a boss. I've lied to my boss before. It might've just been a small little white lie, but I've done it before. Everybody has told their boss why they were late that wasn't the real reason they were late or why a project was behind or why something broke. And there was always a little white lie in it. And what we're really looking for is the behaviors that we want on our team. We want to know that someone is recognized, you know what, I did it and it didn't work out so well for me. Or I did it and here was the outcome and maybe it worked out, maybe it didn't, but they just recognize that. Another one that I like to ask a lot is, let's pretend for a moment that your boss asked you to do something and you disagree with doing that because it's not the best thing for the customer. How do you handle that? And it's a great way. There's self-awareness in there. They're thinking about, are they putting the customer first? Like there's a lot baked into these questions in how they respond. So I'm not looking specifically for word for word, right answer. I'm really looking more for how do they process the answer to that question? Absolutely. You know, and, and then some of what you have there, one of my favorite questions as always comes from the last person I fired. So as, as you're learning, growing the organization, there, there's at some point you've let somebody go just because they were not a good fit and they were causing some problems. So look at that scenario or scenarios around that that are cluing you into, hey, I don't want to make that same mistake again. But you're not going to just directly ask them that. Like maybe we had somebody, you know, whatever that was that caused the frustration or what you're looking to get out of your team. You don't ask them very direct. You ask, you create a situation. You maybe tell them a little bit of a story and say, hey, what would you do in this story? Always letting them have multiple answers that could be the right answer. What you're doing is you're making them start to work, work in the job, work in the situation, work through those things. And you're more watching how they work than what they answer, because mm -hmm. they're going to do that when you go put them out in the job site. Give them the situations that they're going to constantly face that, hey, if a superintendent come up to you and said, hey, we need to reschedule this, how do you handle that? What do you do? And watch how they think, because that's really what you're after, because that's what you're going to get when you move forward with them.
Absolutely. Well, hey, Jeremy, I've enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for having it with me. And for you listening right now, the interview process can feel very intimidating and very overwhelming. And so if you want to get more information about how to develop this interview process, Jeremy and I have actually written a book together. And it's really going to support you in making sure that you're hiring the ones you won't want to fire. And if you want a free download copy of that book, go check out our website at bluecollarculture.com. The book is also available on Amazon and some of the other online stores. So make sure you pick up a copy of it. It's a very short read. I think it's 66 pages. And we'll walk you through some really great interview questions, some interview process, and really put some control back into your world when it comes to interviewing and finding the right people. All right, Jeremy, thank you. Thank you all for listening and see you next episode. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by bluecollarculture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to bluecollarculture.com.